Well, good evening, Peculiars. I assume you've noticed there might be a theme to the types of Halloween costumes I tend to prefer. Um, but tonight is going to be such an exciting evening, and you are going to love what we have going on. I already see several of you. I see uh, Kathleen says hello, and Chloe, and Sadie, and we've got we've got a lot of good things planned for you tonight. It's going to be a busy evening, because in addition to sideshows and costumes, we have some really amazing, fantastic, fantastic guests that you are going to love. But first, we probably ought to see Davy's costume, don't you think? Why, howdy, Brandy. Hello, Woody. So, uh, you got it. You nailed it. Uh, and to explain the context, uh, this is the costume that my son is going to go as this year. So, Too naturally, naturally. 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 Um, actually, my brother's here, too. Here's my brother. Hello. Hey. Let's see if I wait, see if I got my Tom Hanks impression. Pull the string. Somebody poison the water hole. <laughs> There's a snake in my boot. <laughs> I have to work I love, on my <laughs> I love it. I love it. You your are bu- a toy. Uh, so I'm curious. Uh, is Maggie going to go as Bo? Uh, no, Bo Peep. That would have been a good one. Or Jesse. Would have been. Um, it would have been. No, she she's got a. Uh, let's put it this way. She's got a a themed costume for her her. Let's just say her current condition. I got it. Right. Brandy's got, got it. We'll it. explain more. More makes, details come makes sense. Makes sense. Sadie Simon says that she's gotten to spend time with James and Lady I at ABS Fest and their incredible in real life. They so are. And speaking of which, I feel like it's time for real life. Shall we bring them on? Oh, Explosion. <laughs> I am shocked. I'm shocked at work. I have three seconds when that animation runs to get them like live on screen. <laughs> you did it. You did it. And uh, so first, introducing James Taylor, but also you all have met the Lady Eye before because she was on last year for the Red Menace. Yes. And so I'm I'm really happy to have you back, James. Yeah, welcome you. for the first time. It is. We have we have such. Uh, it's it's so exciting to have you here because tonight is all about Halloween and sideshows and circuses and stuff. And I just can't think of anybody better to be here than you guys. Frankly, it's spooky time. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm feeling pretty spooked. I'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm already well, scared. You're already scared. Yeah. Well, you know. But don't worry. Our peculiars are very protective people. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna keep us safe. They're lucky. This is um, the wonderful book, Shocked and Amazed, that I have. I've got a lovely collection. I've been perusing it um, very excitedly. But, you know, I know not everybody has gotten that book yet, though you guys all really should. So I want to start off by asking you, wow, there's so much in there. Like, how many years did you collect? How long did Shocked and Amazed go? I Well, my father passed away in 88 in couple of years my ma took up with the uh the brother of her best friend at church an old guy named jerry farrow and he'd been in the carnival business his whole life so you're talking like 1990 91 right around in there he's telling me all these ridiculous stories and i'm falling in love with the business care of him and finally i've had to ask him i was like so uh jerry where's um 
where's the books on this business? Because I've been publishing books at this point for like 35 sure. years. Right. Out of, the, of, you know, out of the own, my own publishing house. And he was like, well, there ain't none. I was like, well, what do you mean there ain't none? There's books on everything. And he goes, nah, I know the kind of book you want. But you're a writer. Write your own damn book. And that's what I did. So, yeah, since like 91, 92, I've been uh, following show people around and trying to keep up with it and failing miserably. But it's it's been a real uh, it's been a real job of work. As, uh, Wait, as some is it kind say. of so you sort of ran away and joined the circus, but like with a camera and a pencil and paper? Is that is yeah, that? It, it's it's I uh, showman Lee Colosi, I, I, one of my favorite people in all the world. His 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 line was, "This guy's more with it than half the people in show wagons," and it's like I'm not sure about that, Lee. But I I mean I've got a couple of museums behind me, and. You know, and I was I've been running around, you know, uh, with show people and it it's just it's so much. The thing to remember, though, I guess, is, is that at rock bottom, it's the best of the showbiz because it's mm -hmm. what showbiz kind of started out to be. Mm -hmm. And we've all lost sight of a lot of that. I mean, we don't we don't we don't look at showbiz as something you experience alive, living and breathing. And right in your face. Mm. We don't look at that that way anymore. It's all, everything's through a screen. Everything's mm. through watching a movie or watching TV or going online to stream this, stream that. And you lose a lot in this business when you don't see mm -hmm. it alive, living and breathing. Well, the community aspect of it, I, I'm sure. Plus, there's a sense that... I mean, frankly, something could go wrong. I don't want to say that in a bad way. But but the lady I... Circus. Maybe somebody will die. Well, I'm just saying it's it's like watching uh, live sports in a way, I guess, because yeah. when the lady eye is sword swallowing, part of me goes, oh, God, the whole time. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Yep. We talk a little bit about because, you know, you I know you, you're not going to. I was I was hoping you just show us perhaps one of your swords this evening and you could tell us a little bit about what that that oh. goes inside you. You put I that in you. Yeah, that That's 19 inches of solid stainless steel does not bend, does not fold up. Um, yeah, I mean, I had started, oh God, you know, it's funny because I was taught, I, one of the things I love about sideshow is that I consider it an apprentice skill. Um, okay. A little less so now because there are schools and then there are people, you know, there's like a whole fire flow community and they'll teach each other. Um, mm -hmm. but, uh, when I was starting out, which is, <laughs> you know, as these things go, not that long ago, I think it was, I think I turned, the lady I turned 18 this year. Oh, okay. Um, Interesting. So. That's years. That's years. That's yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's some miles on me. Um, Look at the mileage. Yeah. So don't check under the hood. Like, yeah. oh. <laughs> uh, anyway. Well, as long as there's no like sliced up bits, I think you're doing all right. No, and it, yeah. it just, it was very interesting to me. And I always, I, I always joke that I think, James for not writing books on bank robbing because my life would be very different because uh, I was always hey, interested. I in, tried. I did try. But in Sideshow, um, I saw Penn and Teller off Broadway when I was like 12. Mm. Um, and your life. Yeah. And I was like, that's amazing. And so I, again, I went to the, I did what nerds do, which is go to every, go to library and find every book. And there really aren't a tremendous amount. And if they are, it's not something that's taken seriously enough to be put in the library. Mm -hmm. And I remember 
walking into a local library out on Long Island and seeing a book on Grady Styles, The Lobster Boy, and asking for the book. And they're like, that's a joke. We put that up there as a joke. And um, a real book. It's a real book. And um, so, you know, it just, I grew up, I was a square peg and an odd kid. So I was, you know, it, it was a very natural leap for me to become very interested in like, you know, what is a freak and what is it, what is it mm -hmm. to be different and to choose to be different and, and so on and so on. Um, and I came at it, I studied to be a filmmaker. I wanted to make movies about, you know, fiction. Um, I was a, a narrative filmmaker and about Sideshow. That didn't really work. And around the time, just after I graduated from college, I found James's book. And it would take me, and, and I had terrible stage fright for most of my life. Um, so it would take me years. And it's a long I don't think I'm afraid of the stage. I'm afraid of the sword in my stomach. That oh, no, I'm afraid. I was more afraid of the stage. I, I, uh, yeah, no, stage I can handle. Sword? I mean, I can handle a sword if I'm pointing it at someone else. It's more the pointing it back at myself. Yeah, and I just, I went to, it's funny because I went to, um, I have a very dear friend who lives near Tampa, Florida, which is right next door to Gibsonton. And I went to Gibtown, the showman capital of the world, the sideshow capital. And I met with Ward Hall and um, the, the king of the sideshow, God rest him, and and uh, his partner, Chris Christ. And, you know, I was talking to Chris Christ about it. I was like, yeah, I'd kind of like to learn. And he goes, well, how tall are you? And I said, I'm 5'4". And he said, you're too short. You'll kill yourself. And he said, <laughs> that's Chris. That's Chris. Hear it, can't you? Because there's some the that... Grow taller. You know, that's it. Yeah, and he also just didn't care. Like, what's it to me if you drop dead? So, um. but you know what? What's fascinating is, do you know the very first endoscopes that were used mm. were solid? Like they didn't uh, bend yeah. either. Nope. And so I realized, like in a way, we were we were right. Um, we had some at the museum, and I thought those look a little sorty to me. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, you yeah. know, a sorted yep. sorty. Yep. <laughs> yeah, they're super. Not I'm not comfortable. I have I I have been intubated in the in the years that I have learned to swallow swords and that is very awful. And those are flexible, but whole other situation, but like, uh, don't bleed to that nearly to death kids. Uh, that, but it, yeah, okay. I had already been doing fire eating and blockhead and, and straight jacket for uh, about a year. Oh, to slow down. Okay. Fire eating. That sounds familiar. What's blockhead. Oh. Human blockhead is is absolutely one of my favorites, and it's kind of to me. I always describe it as the chopsticks of sideshow. Like there are people who you can do it with chopsticks. <laughs> yeah, you can do it with chopsticks, and then it's like how you make it your own. Like that's the Liberace factor. What like, is it? What are you doing exactly? Hammering a nail or some other object up your nose. Uh, I don't have anything close by. I think that pen No, is no, you don't have to I, do it. It's okay. saying, I'm looking got, something like I'm going to be able to give it to you. You know, it's yeah, like, I'm yeah, through the screen. I've got her demo reel pulled up on YouTube if you want to see uh, it. Okay. All right, let's do it. We might as well, you know. All right, hey, let's go. Let's share some screen time. Uh... Human blockhead. Oh, my God. Here we go. Trust Davey. Here we are. Oh, that was quick. It's was quick. Great. It's my demo reel, so it's a couple clips of. Okay, but still, um, that <clears throat> strikes me as a very different way of clearing your sinuses than, say, using a neti pot. Yeah, 
would and be I have terrible allergies. So it it it's a it's a career choice. <laughs> <laughs> so far, there's not a lot of questions from the peculiars. I think they're all just kind of going. They're all stalled, is what it is. Yeah, they're. I stalled. always like I I remember doing that at a at a, I was hired to do a store opening or something, and there was kids there. And I remember finishing that up and a mother was just like opening. busted with me. And I was like, stay in school, kids. And then I was like, I have a graduate degree. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the moms are like, want to get it, kid. Just yank the kid <laughs> away. <laughs> There's also like this, a lot of the things you do are not, I mean, anyone can learn, to, I'm assuming anyone can learn to pound a nail in yourself or, or swallow a sword or, or, or do the fire eating. Not swallow swords. It's a little bit like being able to do a split because I think there is a certain physical setup mm. to it. Okay. People who've tried and didn't get it, you know, didn't make it the whole Got way. It. Um, uh, it, which does not have to do with your height, I think. It has to do with. Kathleen says, I bet COVID swabs were easy for you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we were <laughs> there was a lot of chatter. They tickle more, but, you know, not yeah. that much more. Oh. Wow. It's still pleasant. I mean, I, you know, it's still, I have the same nervous system, you know, setup that everybody else does. So I'm not entirely sure that's true, but yeah. uh, you know, but I always, what I, always... I was going to say is some of these things like you can only do if you have a certain, like, I was looking at this picture in our book of the fellow who could swallow his old, his own hand. I don't know. Oh. if it is. <laughs> yeah, there have been a number of those folks in the in the history of the business. I actually worked with a, I actually worked with a young woman that that worked the um, arts festival in Baltimore that that showed me she could do that, and it sort of scared the hell out of me. Um, but um, I the, the the key to this to me is, is a, mm -hmm. a line from from Johnny Fox from from years back, the late great Johnny Fox. You know, best sword, greatest sword swallower in the world. I always described him as. Yeah. Uh, his line was that it took uh, six months for him to learn how to swallow a sword and six years to turn it into an act. Um, okay, that, that's really the key to so much of this. I mean, so many of these things have been done for a million reasons historically, and. Nowadays, periodically, you'll find knuckleheads trying to do these things as bar stunts and bar tricks for, you know, for for a couple of shots. And these are not things you want to do just to do. You want to be getting paid or don't risk your damn life, because that's a lot of what the acts are. They're really things that if uh, and and I will I'm sure more than second second me on this is that it, it's not that most people couldn't do them. It's mm -hmm. why would you want to do them unless there was some sort of payoff? Because it doing Fair. this, you don't swallow a sword for fun. It's it, it that's Fair. kind of crazy. It's also to me, um, you know, a lot of these skills. Yeah, you could do them, but also, you know, in the same way, it's an apprentice skill. I often think when I'm performing, uh, not that I am in any way comparing myself to her, but like. I was a film major, so I am obsessed with Marlena Dietrich. And Dietrich right. would always, um, in her later years, she would always stop people from staring at her with opera glasses. She would stop the show and say, don't spoil the illusion. And what I don't like a lot of the time is deconstructed sideshow where people are like, I will explain how easy this is. And right. it's, or they don't build an act around it. And so yeah. I'm okay. Impressed. Like when we go to a sideshow weekend or like the the hoot nanny, um, yeah. see like, let's say there are half a dozen skills or something, you know, give or take of the ones that people know. There's fire eating, and then there's 
object manipulation, juggling, there's sword swallowing, there's blockhead. And it's you're performing to your peers. So we all know what it is. We all know what it, how it works. Right, like, right, right, right. Ooh, ah, is when you have made that act your own. So the Got skill it. is almost, a skill is a skill, but an act, yep. an act is something. Yep. That's interesting. Yeah. So I, I want to come back to that. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to pause because we. I, I saw you take a drink there, uh, <laughs> and I realized that I forgot to do. You're not quite long. I mean, it's it's just it's a natural sort of byproduct of watching me. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have a store announcement so we can introduce the drink that um, that Cat mm -hmm. gave us tonight, which was um. Thing. And I, um, so we'll do that first, but I do want to come back to this concept of act versus, or um, yeah, skill versus performance, because I think that's fascinating. Yeah. So Davey, please do run our announcement. Can hmm. uh, first of all, if you are new here, and I know some people are new, uh, Jennifer Pierce is actually on a plane on her way home. So she's, she's like, are you 10,000 feeding us? That's kind of great. Um, but uh, <laughs> if you are new to us, you can chat live through the YouTube chat. You want to choose the live chat and please ask questions. Um, you, you can ask pretty strange questions, frankly, uh, especially on this show. So please do. It's awesome. Um, and be part of the show. That's what makes this so much fun is because it's live. Next, please. Oh, yeah. You can support us. Uh, that's the wrong one. There it is. <laughs> You can uh, you can support us in a number of ways, but one thing I always recommend: it doesn't cost you anything to join the newsletter. And the newsletter, um, I'm not even sure that's still the right link, but it's the right link on our website. There we are. <laughs> the right link on our website because uh, that's how I send you the links, and they just come to your inbox, and then you don't have to go ferreting around and trying to find them all the time. Um, the other ways you can support us is actually through our Patreon, which we have. And that is kind of fun because there are some shows which are VIP only, like the Mary Roach show last uh, last time we had. And if you, $5 a month gets you in on all of those and helps me not go broke, which is nice. Um, but let us get to the drink because this is the exciting bit. I hope that's next. It is. So this lovely beverage that was come up with, Kat wanted something that she said was like electricity. And I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta see how this is going to happen. And she, it really is. So it's the ginger beer and pineapple. And you know, pineapple has enzymes. So it's also eating you as you eat it. So that's, that's the tingle there. Um, she has some fireball and lemon juice, apple cider vinegar. The whole thing just goes down uh, really easy. It's got a little sour kick to it. And so cheers. We had some really interesting names, but the one that won in the voting on Facebook was the Spicy Sideshow. So cheers to the Spicy Sideshow. Let us know what you're drinking tonight. It's good. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. We had a costume contest. I think we're going to have to roll that tape before we give the winners, though, Davey. Do you have that? Or roll the images that we had up there? Yeah. Oh, yes. So um, we had we had a costume contest. We asked people to put these up on Facebook. And what's fun about it, this is Amanda's. She, she has the boots. But also, if you zoom in, her hat is full of little, like, potion bottles, which wow, I thought was amazing. Yeah. You know, it's a really handy way to carry your, your, your potions. That's okay. <laughs> Just trust me, you can find it also on Facebook. Um, next up we had, let's see, who's this one? Oh yes, James. we had a little steampunk. James doing a little bit of steampunking and it's a very lovely walking stick that he's got there as well. Another person with things on their hat. I feel I feel like there's a theme. Oh yes. Jamie? This was, Jamie, yes, but it's the um, the log lady You uh, from, is it Twin Peaks? Is that, <laughs> you remember yeah. the log lady? <laughs> the log lady. 
It's amazing. Oh, that's priceless. <laughs> right? I know. I know. It's something that I, that's what Krista Messon is like, log lady. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> next we have oh this there is Leanne. She, is she went as the scarecrow but that's not the best part her wig and her other instead of straw it's plastic bags she like shredded plastic bags <laughs> way to do some serious recycling and then she passed it along to someone else's costume as i understand i'm, it. So I thought I'm sure cool. she did um oh this, this is Sadie and ryan, ryan. Yes, Ryan, and we um I accidentally originally only ended up with Ryan up there, but yes, they also took us on a tour, a peculiar tour of the Great West, basically this year. They drove places, they found weird things and put them up on our Facebook. And we all got to take a vacation with them. It was great. All right. Uh Sasha's next. Sasha, yes. Okay, so this one's near and dear to me, and I don't know, it's it's a little hard to see at this scale, but you guys, if you go on Facebook, you can see she's got boils and everything. It's like full on black plague, Jeez. black death, bubonic plague. I, you know, I'm a I'm a bubonic plague fan from way back. Uh <laughs> before it was cool. I she did a great job there. Is that all I thought we had another one? No, we got two more. Sky. Oh yes, there's Sky's costume with she's Pikachu, right? Or I never remember their name. I believe so. Pikachu. She's a little Pikachu. And she made that costume, actually. Oh, wow. Man. I know. And last but certainly not least. Oh, it's <laughs> Susan. Susan. Um, so there's a funny story behind this as well. Susan had, uh, this is when she was very, very small, and she had a Cookie Monster costume, and it came with a mask. But the mask is quite possibly the most horrifying thing I have ever seen. Um, like, it was so scary that uh her mom was like no we can't have you going out to people's houses like that so they sent her with just the rest know. of it you oh what's wrong I it's I, Mimiku. yeah i was gonna say it wasn't yellow enough for pikachu so okay mimiku mimiku anyway it's handmade so those were our <laughs> amazing um wonderful costumed people and we did have voting online on facebook and it turns out that sky actually won so sky you are our, our top pick it was really close by the way um you will get a copy of the book and i will send it to you uh to your email or not to your email to your physical address we had ties for second and third place. And so the, the, these second and third uh, receive edible things, uh, not edibles. I mean, like things you can oh, eat. I, just, really? I know, no weed, sorry. Um, but, uh, but you guys will be receiving um, some chocolatey goodness in, in the mail. So congratulations to our winners who won the weird for our costume contest. Unless the Cheech and Chong edible people want to start sponsoring the show, then then maybe. Then you know maybe. what? We are all about that. Cheech, if you're listening, <laughs> I just want you to know we could use some sponsorship. He'd probably be into it. Yeah. He probably would be. Um, our YouTube channel, don't forget to subscribe. Even though you're you're with us right now and you're live, um, all of our shows are up on the YouTube channel that going all the way back to our first season, which is a lot of shows, as it turns mm -hmm. out. Speaking of more content, uh, we asked you last episode what movie we should do for Halloween. And you threw out some good suggestions here. Um, but I really like Leanne's suggestion of The Wicker Man. Uh, I was like researching it. It's like it's like known as the Citizen Kane of horror movies, which I'm very excited <laughs> not know that. to dig into that and see if that holds up. Uh, but it was like the sixth best British movie of all time. It was like listed in the the final scene was listed on this list of like the scariest final scenes in movies. So yeah. Oh my uh, gosh. So, yeah. That's awesome. 
I talked to Darren. We're, we're gonna we're gonna try to watch it this weekend, and then we're gonna try to have the op- episode out by Halloween. So okay, we'll Halloween how we podcast. Go. So uh, just a reminder to everybody: we have this. Uh, in addition to the show podcast, this show turns into a podcast. We have additional podcasts. Davey um, does the film podcast. Occasionally, we do uh, launches for authors. So if you're not clued in, you're not joining and listening in the the audio podcast. You should because there's actually additional content that only goes there um oh cat has to leave us goodbye cat we will miss you yes they did remake this with nicholas cage darren suggested oh, that was question. yeah darren suggested do should we do the remake i was like no 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 let's let's do the original let's do the original you know, one. Yeah. 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 if there's time i'll watch the nick cage one and yeah. we'll, we'll compare it um always fun to watch but yeah, yeah. i did ask original Proto, um, looks like amanda's having a she, amanda's our, our our sort of she she brings the the beer kind of aficionado to our huh? show and so she's having a Oh my God! How do you pronounce that? Tippinator. Well, it's a logger. Or tippinator. 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 Tippinator Doppelbach Logger from South Salt Lake City. Uh, Salt Salt Salt. salt the head. All right, I just give up. She's beer drinking beer, lot. guys. That's what she's got. Um, and <laughs> yeah. So the Nick Cage one. That that's what uh, Kristen Messon says. That might be the only one she's seen. I think I've seen the original, but not the new one so both of them um, i believe are free uh if you're an amazon prime member uh they're up there to watch so uh you can watch it that way or i think the the original one is free on tubi so if you know oh. this the street i think it's like one of those ad-based uh streaming services so you get Dying. random ads throughout the movie yeah. which is always fun um so yeah so it's free to watch so watch and and then you can enjoy the conversation me and darren have and if you are on the podcast feed, make sure to uh, we need to get more people to leave five star reviews. We yes, need those yes, five stars. We need to get them. So it's if you're, okay if, you know, even if you don't actually listen to us, you can still leave five star reviews. I just want you to know that that's I'm just saying, you know, it is possible. So, whether it's for this, whether it's for the movie, whatever you like, the whole the whole thing. Go ahead. Start start making it blow up on the podcast feed. Us, us. We want <laughs> everybody wants it. even Wednesday Adams wants it. Um, oh wait, was <laughs> Amanda asks, "Is Wicker Man where they got the idea for Burning Man?" I actually don't know. <laughs> I have so many jokes, and I I know uh, by the yeah, end of the and I it, it, it's it just goes on. I mean, it's endless. Uh, you know, yeah. I guess one yeah. can make the fact that it, it should end the same. I mean, why does it end? Yeah. Why does it end differently? I, I it almost ended the same this year, but there was just a lot of rain. <laughs> Didn't burn anything. Midsummer. I think it's it's sort of midsummer before midsummer existed. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Um, but it, I I just I I do think that <clears throat> in general, oh Sadie Simmons says not exactly, but kind of. Yeah. I missed it. Yeah, there. Mud, oh yeah, <laughs> Mudapalooza. Yes, yeah. they had a bit of a Mudapalooza down there. I think Burning Man came from the Mad Max movie, says Joe. Yeah, seriously, right? Yeah. Uh, it looks a bit like... Yeah. There's things I like about the pictures. There's no way I would go, like, spend that kind of money to live in a tent in the desert. That just doesn't... No, it's not vacation. Yeah. I like the visuals, though. Like, I want to watch videos of it. I just don't want to physically... Of course, I don't like tent living, as it is. Yeah. Like, I don't know. like... Yeah, I don't like... My idea of camping is like a three-star hotel. Uh, see, I, there you go. You know, I, I mean, roughing it should be the, you know, the $250,000 van again that sort of rolls around. It's basically a house on wheels. You know, that's, that's the way it should so, be. I got to get back to this idea of roughing it because, okay, 
I, I think I mentioned we're going to have a book next season, which is about uh, people who do pain for pleasure. And they were talking about sideshows where people actually do really painful things to themselves. So like the hooks in the skin and things of that nature. Do you count that as sideshow or yeah. or not? Suspension work, you mean? I guess so. Yes, it must be. Yeah. yeah like suspension. Yeah. Um, I, that goes back to my, it has to be an act. Like, yeah. The, okay. Yeah. You guys, if you're out there, um, do a piercing act, which I think is, it sounds weird, but I think it's like one of the funniest sideshow acts I've ever seen. And I love it. Like, I never get tired of watching it, but just. Uh, doing piercing or suspension uh, um, is can kind of be a wank. Uh, okay. Yeah. 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 Davey, I, did you just see the comment from uh, from our squid person? I did. I'm on it. Okay. Thank you. Oh, and like um, circus, I want to say that the giant exception being Zamora, the Torture King. Well, <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. But, but all of these, all these sort of. I, I mean, at, at some levels, maybe maybe uh, uh, this is the best place to get into this, but we all throw the word sideshow around, but th there's a big difference between what used to be on the, on the midways, on the carnival midways right. from, mm -hmm. you know, their birth in the 1893 Columbian Exposition, you know, the World's Fair out in Chicago. There's a big difference between the carnival shows that developed out of that and what we've got now. Because the Carnival Midway, for the sake of shows, I, I I won't say it's dead, but compared to what it was, it's as mm -hmm. much as dead. There are a few really great shows out there, but mostly they operate as free shows. Uh, Tommy Breen's mm -hmm. World of Wonders, which he took over from Ward Hall when he passed away, and Chris Christ, who's still alive, living and breathing. Um so it's not for shock value; it's for entertainment. Is, yeah, it is. It, like a well, and and I mentioned Lee Colosi uh, a little while ago. His line to me was, "He said, you know, when the big change happened was when all the carnival owners, because the show people book onto the carnival, they right. pay the carnival owners for the right to sit there and make money, and then give the owners a percentage. That's right. the way, kind of in a nutshell, it all is supposed to work. But his line was, is that the big change happened after World War II, slowly but surely, those owners started realizing, you know, we make a lot more money off of amusement than we do off of entertainment. There's a lot more money made off of the rides, which kids will get on to 150 times during the day, and a show right. where they pay to go in once, and then they're done, and the show's over. Okay. Yeah. And when the shows can make more than a typical ride... That's a good show. That's a big show. Okay. So that so some of it is so you don't mean it came down to money in the end and that's what's ruined it all. <laughs> no, well, surely not. <laughs> for the carnival owners, a lot of those shows yeah. would say that. <laughs> right, um, right. I mean, you know, it, it's a it's a tough business out there, no matter how yeah. you look at it. You talk about not wanting to live in a tent. How about sleeping under a tractor trailer <laughs> in the possum belly? You know, I mean it's People, there. It, it's a rough life. It, it, yeah. It's really, it sounds, it, I mean, in, in some ways, it seems like a young person's game, too. Like, I, I wouldn't, it wouldn't be uh, very much fun to retire that way, probably. I, uh, Ward, I mean, Hall's, yeah, Ward Hall's line, when he looked at it, a show in the 70s and early 80s, he, his line was he was running the retirement community for old sideshow people because uh -huh. no younger people were getting into the business. Right. I mean, okay. That, that was my era to get into the business. And, mm -hmm. you know, me and mine, we were like, ha, we like watching this crap, but we ain't going into it. You know, I mean, come on. Who wants to live like this? 
So we didn't we didn't get into it. And now everything is basically clubs and events and festivals and all mm-hmm. the rest of it. Well, I, I'm in Cleveland where we have the Whizbang uh, Theater. And the, so they have their own space now. And that's one it's of the good. things they used to go around in 10. And that, that's, yeah. that's the way that they handle that. So speaking of Whizbang, um, I think we have uh, we we have a, a little treat for all of you. This is this is uh, one of our our last Squid Fact shows. So we want to bring on Sarah McAnulty to give us our Squid Facts for this for this period of time. We'll then have a little musical number, and then we'll come back for more questions about sideshows. Awesome. Hello, everyone. Um, For this month of October, um, I'm going to be sharing with you one of the spookiest squid there is. It's, in fact, one of my favorite squid. So, um, yeah, if we could pull up the squid slides, I will show you the spookiest squid in the ocean. Davey, you're working on it? Oh, Davey's Oh, yeah. I was so so not ready. (laughs) Oh, you were so not ready. I'm sorry. Should we do music first and then go to? Then yeah, to let's do that. Let's do. Okay, that. we're gonna go to. We'll we're see. gonna go to music and then we're gonna have scary squids. Sounds oh, good. hello. Peculiars, it is us, charming disaster. <laughs> and we have some good news. We've invented a time machine. Finally. Finally, and this, this is, this is it. it. Everything's happening at the same time. Count to ten backwards, focus your mind, picture the hour, day and the year, until tomorrow, or yesterday's here, it's not too late to change the past, the future it won't last, let's just So oh. 
There you go. Groove on that one. That was very nice. Um, and you know, it's because they did time travel that they had to come first. So that's why we had to you know, move you back. Um, and I will say that uh, we got quite a few um, people talking about the squids. Um, I have, I just, they came through while we, while that was going on. First of all, uh, Kristen said, Sarah, I got my Crab Facts advent calendar today. <laughs> Yeah, this is our second year in a row of like animal facts advent calendars. So you can like scratch off these like sparkly little stickers and um, there are facts. The squid facts uh, advent calendars were last year. This year is crab facts. Uh, so while uh, I I've been sitting here tonight, I've been like adding the little uh Sparkly stickers. Sparklies, yeah. Amberly said that she's her shirt's supposed to get here today too. So. Oh yeah, this is yeah. the shirt we did. Um, That's the shirt. Okay. Shirts. Well, there were two options. Uh, this is one of them. It's a it says fill your skull with squid facts, and then it's like a squid relaxing. Oh, oh, my buddy Corey. He, I, so I'm based in Philadelphia, and Corey Ganks is also he's a. a illustrator in philly and he designed those for us very nice i very think nice. i got elizabeth witten said right uh way. oh you did okay hope, hope, good elizabeth witten said for squid fans out there someone has a new book out uh, called devil fish when giant squid ruled the northern uh, the northern sea so we, that's another one we love our squids on this show we we do try to keep up um okay so sarah your let's squid do it Let's do it. Let's talk about, so I have two favorite squid in this world. The first squid we've already talked about a couple weeks ago, months ago, I guess at this point, um, that's the Caribbean reef squid, these like gorgeous rainbow swimming squid. And then my other favorite squid is the polar opposite of that squid. Reef squid live in shallow water. You can just toss on a pair of goggles and see them if you uh, hang out in Florida or the Caribbean. The This squid is called Magna Pinna. It's uh, the big fin squid is another name for it. Um, we only Ooh. discovered big fin squid like pretty recently in, in uh, you know, the grand scheme of things in 1998. Ooh, um, oh, my God. They're huge. They're huge <laughs> and ghostly and beautiful and perfect. Um, they are the deepest living squid. So they can be seen as deep as 3.8 miles below sea level, which is pretty darn deep. There's an octopus that goes a little bit deeper than that, but um, for squid, it's as deep as it goes. Um, you can see that they do this like elbow dangle thing with their, mm -hmm. with their arms. Um, yeah. And that is so they can maximize the amount of space in the water that they can bump into food. Um, in this picture, it's honestly very hard to tell because the scientists working um, and that, that witnessed the squid doing this um, didn't have the most high def cameras at the time. But a lot of times with squid, they'll grab food and then bring it to their mouths, their beaks, um, using muscle. And in the case of Magna Pinna, they don't have like, their, their arms are so long and dangly that they don't have the same like structure to pull it in. Mm -hmm. Instead, when they bump into something, their arms coil like an old school phone cord. It's really oh. strange. Um, vampire squid also have a filament that comes out of the side right. of their face. It's a very similar thing. Um, yeah, delightful. There are a couple species of these, but we really haven't seen them that many times. So there's really mm -hmm. not a lot we know about them, uh, but we That's love very them. Cool. Look at some videos. So this is one for, for a really long time. This was the best video that we had of these animals. Uh, and it's- That it, just doesn't look real. I, know. 
I know. It literally looks like a conspiracy like theory video, right? Um, but the reason that it looks like this is because this was taken by a camera that was on the side of an oil rig uh, deep in the ocean. Um, and like an alien. It looks like an alien. It looks a lot like the aliens from um, Arrival. Yeah. So uh, it, it, the reason the camera is shaky and uh, it's kind of, I'm not really sure why it looks kind of green. Um, but anyway, this was the best we had for a really long time. Uh, it looks like a for Bigfoot. It does look like <laughs> something you'd expect. He's like, this is terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like a baby crib mobile that wants to eat the baby. Might, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Found footage from a horror film. It's it's very it's got Blair Witch written all over it, doesn't it? Yeah, for sure. But since this video, we've gotten um, videos where they're still they still look like them, you know, which is like not not creepy, but um, that look you know uh, at least forty percent less like um, a found footage uh, horror they, film. They look like they are already dead. I think that is part of what the creepiness is. <laughs> the issue with the deep sea is that you know a lot of bodies are more gelatinous than shallow water yeah. animals. Um, it helps them maintain buoyancy. It's also easier to build a body when you don't have a lot to eat, if you kind of space your structure out uh, with water and gelatin. Um, and so this is one of those, there's like, yeah, gooier than shallow. Gooier, yeah. Amberly calls it the cryptid squid or the crypt, crypt squid. <laughs> I'm it's true. Sadie agrees that's a, a sexier version of the first one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're huge. They're beautiful. They're weird. Um, and I love them so much. They do look dead because of that pale lack of chromatophore. Right. Color. right. Um, but yeah, they look like a ghost. They look like a ghost with that big, like billowy fin too. It's like yeah. a real it's ghost creepy. thing creepy. happening there. All right. So I've got one final uh, pop quiz question for you here. Uh, the juveniles of a deep sea squid, Chirotuthis calyx, has a frilly tail that it can add red spots to in order to mimic this fellow denizen of the deep. If you live hmm. in the deep sea, it's sometimes helpful to look like an animal that you are not, if you are more hmm. delicious than other animals. Hmm. What could it be? I'll give you a second. Let me know when I can tell you the answer. Is there's all these all these creatures that are that are that like I'm thinking, well, jellyfish aren't in the deep sea, but then I'm like, but maybe some of them are. <laughs> Lots of really, right. And I'm like, oh, lionfish aren't in the deep sea, or are they? Yeah, I find myself questioning everything. That's Any a good guess is over here, guys. Yeah. She says B because they're less delicious. <laughs> yes. What is less delicious than a squid? What's less delicious right. than a squid? A lot of things are less delicious than a squid. Squid are pretty delicious. I mean, yeah, if they they're are. playing that game, they could just make themselves look like Brussels sprouts or something like that, right? Yeah. yeah. Hey now. Push them away. I love Brussels sprouts. I just yeah. know that's, that's like go to trigger food for some people. That's definitely <laughs> a good trigger food for me. All right, All right no one else. No one, everybody's like, I don't know. All right, so I, I don't know. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go on a limb and just agree with Kristen. Also, siphonophore doesn't sound appetizing. So yeah, let's let's go with that. That's <laughs> correct. You're right. It's it a correct. So let's see what that looks like in the next slide. We got a video for you here. All right, so here's Kairotuthis. Um, This is what they look like as adults. As adults, they look weird enough as it is. They look like a freaky high heel. Uh, love them. 
those tentacles are dangling to bump into some food a lot like magna pinna and here we have a juvenile um you can see that the juvenile has this like feather duster situation going on in the back and that is a second fin that they lose in adulthood that uh, zoom in right there was the zoom in on that fin now look right here going across the screen going up 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 that's yep. a siphonophore they are not huh. delicious so the, on the left is They're the siphonophore on the right is the squid um there we go so, they Don't are, be delicious. Look less delicious. That's, look uh, less delicious. that's an approach for sure. I love it. Yeah. That's I try not to look delicious. I that's why I look stale. Yeah. Waterlogged. That's it. I look dark and I'm probably bitter to the taste. You probably yes. don't want this. Uh <laughs> I look like I taste but Sarah, thank you so much for all of the wonderful squid facts you've given us this year. A big round of applause for, for our Sarah squid fact person. Thank you again. And uh, we appreciate you being here. Thank you so you much. Got it. Right. Bye. Right. Well, I have some, some questions that have lined up while all these other things are going on. And one of them, and I, I, this gets to something I have wanted to ask too, because I, I sort of started off talking about this in the very beginning. Are there shows or acts that are still exploitative? This is a question from Kristen, Kristen Meston. And when she says still, for those of you who don't know, um, the 19th century was a, a time where things happened. And there were cases where people who worked in sideshows were actually sort of owned by, you know, by, by sideshow owners. That wasn't the case in every single show, but certainly exploitation did sometimes happen. So Kristen wants to know, is that still a problem? I would say Hollywood. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I have, I have some, some, some rather uh, uh, wacky ideas about this because I, you. you we all do realize that the term exploitation mm. did not mean in the 19th century what it means today. I mean, in the 19th century, the term exploitation was used interchangeably with the term promotion. Without right. any sarcasm implied, without any irony, right. it was just an interchangeable term. They would talk about uh, a fight promoter having exploited his talent mm. fighter mm. that he was promoting. Well, it makes me want to look up this word and figure out when it switched over. Well, um, 20th century, certainly. But the, 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 I think part of the problem is, is that the show business historically has abused, used and thrown away talent for its entire history once it became sort of an industry, even before it was an industry and it was just mm. people in the street. I mean, yeah. you don't have to talk to too many buskers for very long before you realize very bad things can happen out there. And then you're essentially mm -hmm. managing yourself until, well, the strong arm busker on that block decides they don't want you there and then they're going to muscle you out. And now you're back to, well, the essence of the showbiz is competition. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, it's not that bad things didn't happen. But in terms of today, I would say the exploitation that mostly happens today is what's going to happen to almost anybody who's trying to be actively in the showbiz and trying to make a living at it. There's really too few spots for too many people who want to do it, even when there don't seem to be very many wanting to do it, because the venues just won't open up and the, the, the opportunities just don't open up for the number of people that want to be in it and do it. 
And so oh. you end up with a kind of a dog-eat-dog -dog kind of scenario mm -hmm. very often, unfortunately. Well, that's partly why I mentioned Hollywood, because I think, I mean, certainly there's lots of people who are exploited in Hollywood, and you find out about it later, kids that were abused and, and other things. Yeah, I think you also have to talk about, again, to go back to talking about what the word exploitation means, because like, I have a day job. I have always had a day job. I have been an executive with well-known brands. Uh, mm -hmm. I've been a, I'm a copywriter, so I, you know, like have 50 words to describe shampoo or whatever. But like, I've been sitting in someone's office where they're screaming and yelling about like nail polish. And I'm like, I feel exploited. <laughs> you know, because you were. Nature, you know, like, let's talk about capitalism. This is a very big mm. conversation. And yeah. I yeah. Oh, yeah. need to understand in a modern context is this idea of agency. And I, I am very mm. interested in historically, like the human zoo aspect. So, um, uh, Sarah uh, Barkey, the the hot the Venus Hottentot, yeah, it, uh, could not was not consenting, and she wasn't really a freak. She was just not. She did just was different than Western standards. There was nothing really exotic to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. And she Orientalism really and all that. Really yeah. Consent to what was going on and just the utter mm -hmm. hell she went through, exploitation, pinheads yeah. cannot knowingly consent anyone with a developmental consent, right. Ability not able to consent children you know mm -hmm. so that's a, a level of exploitation um but just someone allowing you to look at their handicap is i would argue is not like if you've ever worked with performers right. like matt frazier who's brilliant yeah. daddy amos mm -hmm. jason black the black scorpion like they are inviting you to look at them and for them they're giving you this very high level entertainment, but also this really high level of conversation about how we deal with the people who have different mm -hmm. bodies mm -hmm. and yeah. reaction to them. So it's, it's been interesting because I one of the things I, I did a little bit of research before we, we had the show, I work in disability studies. So of course, I've heard lots of people say, you know, if you're inviting people, there's a there's a divide, there's there's yeah. people who are disabled, who are on both sides of the divide. Yeah. Um, th you know, there are people who say, no, you're inviting people to look at you and think that you're a freak. But I like your point earlier. Um, we are, I am a freak. I was, I was categorized as a freak as a very small child and there's nothing yeah. actually physically, well, I'm autistic, I guess, but like there's nothing that looks out of the ordinary. What, um, what I put up the article, I, I made a link to the article by Lobster Girl because she was saying how, in fact, she's choosing how to be seen. Mm. Um, she's not just having agency, but she's also curating how you see her. Yes. Uh, for instance, even though she has the, uh, I forget, dactylus. She's a fire eater. So she's like, I'm not even using that. Like it's part of her show and she uses her, her hands as part of the show, but she's like, I literally chose to do something else with myself as a sideshow performer. And so I'm, I'm helping people see me in a different way. And I thought, you know, it's it's really easy. And, and it's true in the 19th century, too. Um, I had a, a colleague write a whole paper about, I cannot remember the woman's name, but she was called Alligator Girl, and she had um, ichthyosis. Yeah, a number of them. Uh, right. But she was her own agent. She didn't have um, a promoter. She was her own promoter. And her whole family, well, she and her husband, and she had three kids, and they were all sort of in on the business. And one of the side, uh, the sideshow was shut down 
partly in this town because they were saying, oh, this is this is obscene. You shouldn't be asking people to look at this. And she went on the like she went on a kind of speaking tour to be like, excuse me, yeah. <laughs> like this is my livelihood. Yeah, you know, you can't decide that. This, yeah, it can be very patronizing and, and just be like, tell people like this is not OK for you. And it's like, you know, I, you know, have worked with you know, I, you know, I did a panel like this with Natty Amos a couple of years ago and remember like saying like, look, she's a, she's a lab assistant. She's a scientist. She's mm -hmm. way smarter than I am. And she has chosen to do this. So who am I to tell her that she doesn't comprehend what's going on? Right. And I, I just put up a couple of comments. Kristen Mustin saying, I love this conversation. Randy saying, I'm a, I'm a proud freak. Um, you know, it is, it's really, also, we missed a comment earlier where Ryan asked if anything actually tastes very different in the deep sea, but <laughs> apparently so, right? Uh, <laughs> but I'm going to get into eating habits here. That's another you know, a completely different show. The completely different show. Book. Well, the geek show, right? We were talking. Yeah, about I was going to say, I'll gladly come back show. for that. You'll be amazed what I'll eat on camera. I, you know, I'm telling you, uh, I can't eat my own arm. That's a reality show about that. I remember they were making people eat like stuff. Anyway, yeah. Um, so I do think this is an important conversation to have because you know people have a tendency to to pitch every. What is the what's the comment? Throwing the baby out with the bathwater. It's sort of oh, like yeah. assuming that it's all bad because it's all asking you to look. Well, at bodies, and it's like that's not yeah, that's that's why they call it the show business. You are being shown a thing, and yeah. by definition, in theory, anyway, what you're being shown should be you know, there should be agency involved with the showing of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I one of my one of my favorite subjects to get into on this is, is Joseph Merrick, the elephant man, who's right. Story as it exists popularly now is how can I put this charitably horseshit. <laughs> it is not the reality of Joseph Merrick. Joseph Merrick had a loving family mm -hmm. until his physical conditions got kind of too extreme for them to be able to deal with. He worked for a while in factories. I mean, all this stuff is documented if you look for it. If you don't go beyond right. the movie and the play, you never see this stuff. You're completely yeah. ignorant of all this. But he ended up in a workhouse because he just he, he couldn't keep working and he had no livelihood. And you're talking sort of Victorian England. Yeah, it's where you end up going. You end up in the workhouse mm -hmm. as a way of supporting yourself. Well, he ties up with a showman, Tom Norman. Now, Tom Norman is always conflated with the second showman that Merrick ended up with when he toured the continent. And he and Norman had a fabulously, comparatively, to the workhouse, relationship. And Norman made Merrick money. But eventually, the relationship just had to end. That's the way it was. They were being moved on by basically the authorities, even though they were operating on what they called Monster Mile in London, which is where all those shows were, including mm -hmm. Merrick's. So Tom Norman and Joseph Merrick parted ways. Merrick then needed to find work. He ties in with his other showman. And they basically get shunted all over the continent because mm -hmm. nobody wanted to have anybody that looked as extreme as Merrick on yeah. exhibition. Well, finally, the show guy, the way a lot of these shows end up, the showman's not making any money. Merrick's not making any money. So the showman being the bastard he was, but not making any money, splits and leaves Merrick. Yeah. Well, that's a pretty cruel thing to have happen. But then Merrick ends up with Dr. Treves. 
And everybody acts like, oh, well, he was a little conflicted, but you know, he was being taken care of. No, he was on exhibition at the hospital in London and trees and the royalty and all the rich people who came by to see Merrick could revel in, oh, we're being such kind. Oh, we're we're looking after this guy. And Merrick used to wander the grounds. There's an amazing book. It's called A Labrador Doctor. It's, It's a doorstop. It's a big book like this. And in one chapter... The elderly doctor, who was a young man when he was at at the hospital in London Mm -hmm. doing his work, he used to see Merrick wandering the grounds because Merrick could. I mean, he got around. He didn't stay confined to that room. Mm -hmm. He wandered the grounds grumbling all day about how he knew where he was going to end up. He was going to end up in a big jug of alcohol. Right. But it doesn't sound like Dr. Treves really saved him from all that much. Even the fact his skeleton is still on exhibition. Well, you know, we've talked about the Irish giant, too, which, of course, Hunter stole, like actually stole uh, out of a coffin. We we did a lot of body snatching in our earlier shows. Um, We learned about that one. But, you know, and it's it's very interesting how we accept certain kinds of looking. So science exhibitions. Right. Mm -hmm. But not other kinds of looking and, and and this is why I love these kinds of conversations because to me the, part of its agency like you said obviously if there's no agency and I'm sorry but the medical industry is very good at taking away agency as well yeah I mean <laughs> um, there is that yeah yeah so you know I like the the idea that the sideshow is not it is not an evil thing I know it shows up in a lot of horror movies carnivals and sideshows do but um clowns. I think it's the talking the dolls evil clowns. I don't get the clowns clowns yeah <laughs> um but I do so think that that that's that it's as you point out it depends on what what do you whose agency matters in the situation and who you know i i they're all really good questions i i have to stop that question so i can ask another one before we leave the show but amanda johnson wanted to know are the shows still operating mostly east coast uh, coney or west in new york we have the wonderful coney island circus. oh yeah coney island and um there are a lot of traveling side shows who's traveling That's, yeah yeah i was going to say that the, the, yeah, the tenant the tenant ones are getting harder to see. You're still going to be able to go to a carnival, typically not a small one, but a larger like state fair kind of thing. You'll still see sure a ton of the single O's. You know, giant horses, giant pigs, reptile shows, racing pigs. Mm-hmm. I love the racing goose shows. I just I love them. They're just great. they're mean. Yeah, I love them. No, oh, they are. Yeah, they, they, those geese <laughs> can do whatever they want to each other. I don't care. I just you got a monkey in there. Oh yeah. <laughs> Well, you know they 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 still got the uh they still they still have the um the racing monkey shows on uh on those yeah. grounds they're still I'm out so there. I'm surprised that that's still out there. Well, but, uh, I know we're getting late, so I am going to let Davey give us his amazing quiz. Um, I apologize. We always end up going over a little bit with the Halloween show. It's it's a thing. Um, a and then show. after that, I have promised that I will show you all a video of Darwin performing a sideshow trick. So first quiz, Ooh. then Darwin sideshow to end this fantastic Halloween episode. I, I will make a callback to earlier in the episode because I looked it up. The The history of Burning Man, uh, the first effigy they burned, they say, was a radical self-expression. Was maybe slightly inspired by the Celtic uh, ritual, but uh, he said that he had not seen the movie until many oh. years after, and it did not inspire the action. Oh, so, yeah. All right. so it is done. Exactly. All right. All right, so... Uh, 
Brandy. Oh, Davy, you might be a black square again. Uh, can you? I might be a black square again. You might be a black Davey square again. Can you still Davey's hear me? Once more in the. We can still hear you. Okay, I I don't know why I'm having a bad signal. It never right. happened I'm... at Hollywood Squares, by the way. Never. You know, <laughs> you're the Paul Lind of. <laughs> I'm plugged in. Well, what's important is you just do the quiz. So, Brandy, I I feel like I, I may have screwed up this this tonight. What? I googled sideshow and I went with the first thing I saw. I don't think it was right. And this is a quiz about the Simpsons character sideshow Bob. So love it. Bridge, you may know him, Robert Underdunk Terwilliger Jr. Yeah. So, yeah. The at first sidekick to Krusty the Clown, an eventual arch enemy of Bart Simpson, Bart Simpson. The man known as Sideshow Bob, is voiced by which legendary TV actor? Is it A oh. Ted Danson, B Kelsey Grammer, or C John Ratzenberger? Mm. Yes, you may notice that all those names come from the same TV show. Wahaha. They do. <laughs> oh, oh, we got it. We got we got people shouting bees over here. B, B. Tori says, Kristen, Randy Trent, they're all going for B. I have uh, our, our two guests have to give our final answer. Mm -hmm. How the game works. No. No. I'm okay with B because it's popular. B B B. All right, they're going to be. The answer is yes. Kelsey Grammer. Kelsey Grammer. Legendary I've actor. watched that show. I did not know that he was the voice of my show. Yes. We, me and my brother were enjoying imagining John Ratzenberger doing it. Uh, hey there, Bart. Uh, fun fact. Uh, John Ratzenberger. Uh, all right. Sideshow I Bob. I don't know this, but Davey does accent, does voices all the time. Like Davey, Davey's a comedic genius. Anyway, carry on. Brandy heard my Elmo impression uh, last week. Ed. Which was actually terrifying. <laughs> One day, maybe a sketch. Sideshow Bob has been arrested many times because of Bart Simpson. In an episode named Cape Fear from season five, Bart stalls Sideshow Bob by requesting he perform the entire score to what opera before killing him? This gives the police time to find Bob and arrest him. Is it A, the HMS Penafor? B, the Pirates of Penzance? Or C, the Flying Dutchman, which I know there's a German name for it, but I wasn't going to try to pronounce <laughs> hmm, uh, You know, The Simpsons is hard to predict. I, I'm, I'm going to pretend I'm going to go with the Flying Dutchman. That's oh, but everyone else B. is saying B a lot again. of bees. A lot of bees. Everybody's going with bees. Thank you, Bonnie. Bonnie also said that was a great Ratzenberger. <laughs> <laughs> Cute. B, B all the way down. Everyone's going for B. Okay. Jeez, Final answer from our guests. I'm going to go with B. I remember that it was Gilbert and Sullivan, but I don't oh, remember. There you go. That's the Oh, okay. The answer is HMS Pinafore. Oh, oh no. my God. And it is, it's an amazing scene. It is just a classic. Go find the YouTube clip of it. <laughs> Just it's the classic Bart, you know, traps him into performing this thing. And then like as he goes throughout the opera, this the, it gets more and more elaborate. I love it. I love it. Just classic writing right there. Oh my god. Um, and okay. Grammer, of course, has a beautiful voice. Oh, um, that's yes. That's they try to get him to sing as much as they can, I think. All right. Question number three. Uh an IGN article once ranked the top 25 Simpsons peripheral characters where Sideshow Bob almost took the title but came in second to this character was it a groundskeeper willie b ralph wiggum or c troy mclure who do you think it was B? groundskeeper willie i love groundskeeper willie haven't i told you about the colored chalk 
<laughs> I, I don't do voices, incidentally. Yeah. <laughs> of course, this this excluded. Uh, they had a whole thing for for what counted. Um, like if you had a storyline about you, they didn't consider you a peripheral character. So this is oh, like, okay. Oh, so Flanders, is, Flanders can't be in there. Flanders, right? yeah, yeah. And the characters that didn't really have strands. It's just popped right. in, had their one-liners and popped out. Joe says A. Randy Trent's going with Troy McClure. Amanda's going with B. Boy, we've got them all, all covered. Who's going to be the winner? Uh, do we have an answer from our, our guests? Uh, I certainly don't. <laughs> I prefer groundskeeper Willie, but I'm going to go with Troy McClure. You may remember him. So yes, and you may remember him as the top peripheral oh, character in history. Uh, of course, uh, voiced by me. the uh, the legendary. Um, oh, why am I totally drawing a blank on his name? Uh, Phil oh, Hartman. Right, he Phil got Hartman. yes, Phil Hartman. Yeah. Phil Hartman. Yeah. So there you go. That's oh. our Sideshow Bob quiz. Sideshow Bob quiz. Well, thank you very much, Davey. As always, you take us to places I didn't know we were going to go. I think it's our second Simpsons quiz in, in Peculiar Book Club history. I think I think you might be right. I think yeah. you might be right. Well, uh, I love failing the quiz, says Amanda Johnson. <laughs> That's how I got through college. <laughs> we fail it. We fail it regularly. Um, Davy, Davy's quizzes are quite famous for most of us failing them. It's, it's, but, but in an awesome way, and in a way that we all appreciate. It's, it's compli It's a complicated relationship we have with Davy's quizzes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, well, we have uh, run aground at eight oh six already, but we couldn't possibly end the show without first seeing the great Darwin in his debut performance. So we'll be right back. Sometimes I and Acro Cats because one, it also has the best uh, performer performer intro I ever heard, which is like Tuna may do his act, but he may also wander into the audience, like yep. wander into the audience. And I'm like, ah, oh, why can't someone introduce me that way? Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's great. <laughs> so much professional jealousy. Next, next time I have to intro you, that's exactly what I'll do. Maybe oh. I might do her act, or she might just wander away. We never. She might just wander away. You know, Harvey is actually a really good. Like he will sit there and just like be super engaged in this thing. <laughs> you like the smoke for Brandy? Yes, I did. I did add that because he was yeah. really adorable. Um, but yeah, yeah, he he's yeah, he's kind of just charming. The only bad thing that happened <laughs> is he's not crazy about that particular he likes to wear clothes. He he wears clothes a lot, but he doesn't like that outfit because it it's too tight around his hips because he's oh. gotten a little not oh, as small as he once was. I, I, and um I and as a result, one. like when he tried to move his back leg, like it slipped off the thing and he fell off the stool and then he was really pissed off. <laughs> Oh. He was like, we're done. No more filming today. But normally he's a really good sport about it. What a diva. He is a little bit of a diva. Yes, you know. Um, 
thank all of you for being here tonight. It was so wonderful to talk about sideshows and bodies and talents and books. And you had another book you were going to hold up and show us too, didn't you, James? Yeah. Uh, oh, the geek book? Yeah, other than, of course, Shocked and Amazed, which some lucky person's going to be tossed at this thing. That's right. That's uh, is, right. The, is the geek book, Nathan Wakefield's ridiculously researched five years worth of work went into this, The Rise and Fall of the Sideshow Geek. And um, yeah, uh, Jim Moore is the one who's handling most of the sales on this. He and I co-published it. And um, so, yeah, it's out there. And so, so of course, is uh, Elise's book. So we have many books to our credit for this particular show. Thank you guys so much for joining us. And thank you for being at a place where, if you're weird, you're family. You got the blue